and it's entitled Generosity. Psalm 37, verses 21 and 22. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would open our ears to understand and uh, open our eyes to see. And we pray too, Lord, that you would grant us a determination to follow you and to do your will. Uh, we thank you for wisdom, Lord, but we pray for prudence, that you would teach us to act wisely. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Our first sentence here says, the wicked borrows and does not repay. And yet I think for many Christians, this verse for practical purposes ends after the first three words, the wicked borrows. And so I know many Christians that uh, really, I don't know, it almost borders on self-righteousness that they are out of debt and they then kind of lord it over other people. And you hear about it fairly regularly from them. And yet, uh, debt in and of itself is not wickedness. It's not sin to be in debt. And yet, too many, I think, equate the two. If not scripturally, exegetically, they at least do their practically in their lives. And is debt bad? Yeah, we all know it's bad. It's not good. And yet, sin and this, right, whatever action it is that this is, often are different. And so we must not go further than Scripture does. We must honor God and his word. And we must call sin, sin. And we must call lack of wisdom or lack of prudence, lack of wisdom and lack of prudence. We have to discern what God calls sin. I can remember a long time ago talking to a friend. And because I was wrestling with this myself, because I said, does the state define sin? When they pass a law, does that mean they've now put something on the books that if I were to not do it or do it, it's a sin? And he really for practically said, yeah. I said, no, no, he doesn't. I said, you know, that's to kind of pass off all morality into the hands of the state, not into the hands of God, into the hands of his word. So, yes, there's perhaps lack of prudence in violating the laws of our state, but their laws don't necessarily define sin. God's word defines sin. So the wicked borrows and does not repay. That is the definition of evil, of wickedness. That's the sin that the word is going against. So now, there are legitimate purposes for borrowing. There are illegitimate purposes for borrowing. That's why loan sharking is against the law, because these people these borrowers in the instance of loan sharking, they can't borrow money now from anybody else other than those that are willing to give it to them under the table. And the people that are loaning it out under the table, of course, now they have recourse to get that money back illegally. You know, they bust kneecaps and stuff like that. So see, this is where you get into the illegality of debt and of lending. So Sure, you don't want to, as a Christian, descend to that level of borrowing. That's foolishness. And yet, there are many of us that have descended to a level of borrowing that is showing obvious lack of prudence. And so, the wicked borrows and does not repay. That defines sin. 
So if you are in debt, you must pay back. It is the definition of sin to refuse to do so. So now, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. So see, this defines righteousness, that you give of your goods, you give of your stuff. You don't have to be rich to fulfill this verse. You just have to be willing and obedient to fulfill this verse. And so many people will even give to people that have more than them. Those people might be spending their money unwisely. As a matter of fact, I was just reading this morning, uh, for those of you that went to the, uh, the uh, AAA CPC event, there were some books given out. And one book is by Bruce Wilkinson, and it's called The God Pocket. And I was just reading a story, and this lady was saying that she had it in her heart to give away this money that she had in her little God Pocket. It was a woman from her church, and yet she pulls up in front of her house, and she's thinking, this lady lives in a nicer house than me. Why am I being asked by God to go give this woman this money? But she really did feel it was the right thing to do. And so she went up, knocked on the door, and learned in conversation that this woman had lost her job a couple months ago. And they're living hand to mouth. And she can't even buy her son a winter jacket for the winter that's coming up. And so she went ahead and gave her that money. And the next week at her Sunday school class, the boy shows up and he shows her his new jacket. Thank you. I got this jacket for the winter. So deserving, undeserving, who knows? But that woman had it put on her heart to give this other woman this money, and it was extremely helpful. And so we all may choose to spend our money this way or that way, and it is our responsibility to obey God and spend it wisely. Yet that doesn't mean that we should be that uh, exclusive and how we choose to give out the money. And, and we at the session, we always have to deal with that because we have lots of people that might call us want money. And so we have to go through the scriptural means of saying, you know, are you really, am, am I just pouring fuel on the fire, in other words? But you always choose to err on the side of giving them the gift. You sure, you want to get them in, you want to make sure that they're spending it wisely, but yet you you choose to err, perhaps, in giving some away because this is what God wants us to do. God, our God is a generous God. He is not stingy in any way. So now the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. What is the difference between borrowing and what is the difference between giving? I know a very clear distinction, and it's one that we often do. We use our words improperly. At work, I go to a coworker and I say, may I borrow a tissue? No. You may not borrow a tissue. I'll give you one, but I don't want it back. And so when they did that to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not using that word properly, am I? So, see, we just tend to be rather loose in how we use terms. And yet there is a proper thing, and the Bible uses terms properly, of course. So now, the righteous, out of mercy, gives. Out of mercy, the righteous gives. And they really should expect nothing in return. And especially if you give anonymously, you want to expect nothing in return. And yet, is that really what we expect? I mean, honestly, I think sometimes we expect an angelic crescendo to celebrate our generosity. 
as a young guy, I was a new Christian, and I'm at this church, and and this was a church of Christ, and they employed me immediately collecting the tithes. And I'm handing out the wine. I mean, it was just funny. You know, I'm, I'm not even a member yet, I don't think. And they had me employed working. And I remember I was passing the tithe plate, and I handed it to this young man who, who was new that day. He was just visiting. He, he looked like a, a fellow Marine from his haircut. And he took out this $20 bill, and he had it folded nice and crisply, and he put it in there, and I swear he expected to hear symbols. And I just grabbed the plate and handed it to the next guy. You could see his face just fell. I thought, he doesn't have a good attitude about giving. <laughs> He's looking from, for me to show appreciation for his financial gift. It's like, no, that's not my job. I just passed the plate, buddy. <laughs> and, and he didn't come back. I, I think I, we did not meet his expectations in terms of generosity for the gift given. But see, that is not a valid desire that we have in giving gifts. It must be something you just give. You give to the people and let it go. It's no longer yours. It's God's to do with in their life as, they see, as he sees fit. So now... These statements, the wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives, this is an ideal statement and it can be reversed. Let me give you an illustration. The righteous does not borrow and refuse to repay. The wicked does not show mercy and give. See, you can reverse these. They're just typical of the righteous and the wicked. And so that doesn't mean that our behavior necessarily conforms to this or the wicked. Many of the wicked give. And so this is just saying, though, that this tends to embody who does what. This is how wicked typically behave. This is how righteous typically behave. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Now, what is your view of stuff? I shared with you a while ago uh, an illustration that Ted Tripp honestly shared in a book that he wrote. I couldn't believe he shared this, but it happened in his life, and he was revealing his heart. But he loves music, and with some disposable income he'd had, he bought this six... How many uh, strings does a guitar have? Six? Okay. He bought a seven-string guitar. I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, he really liked it. He really wanted it. He bought this seven-string guitar, and it was his prized possession. A fire alarm went off in his house... And that's what he grabbed and ran out into the yard with. He didn't go tell his wife. He didn't go grab his kids. He grabbed his guitar and ran out of his house. And out in the yard with his guitar, he's so happy until he remembers that he left his wife and children inside. And so he honestly shared this in his book. And his wife wasn't too pleased with this. <laughs> but, uh, but see, we value stuff. And it's only when a test like that happens that we realize sometimes how much we value our stuff. When we can value stuff more than people, then we're in sin. We've gone way too far. And we really, it should be our prayer that God would take such stuff away from us. Take away this idol from me, Father. You know, don't let me cling to these things that I want more even than loving someone who I don't even like. You know what I mean? I mean, I want my stuff, and I don't like all these people. That's not saying much about you as a Christian. You should be willing to even give of your stuff to people that are hard to love. It doesn't mean that you need to be fools in giving stuff away. And I learned that also early on in my Christian life, because God calls you to be a steward. 
And so you must use discretion when you're giving stuff away that you feel will be abused or misused. I don't give money to drunk people down on the streets of Omaha. And my Catholic brethren take me to task for it. I'm like, if they ask me for money, I know what they want to do with that money. I'm not going to give it to them. Oh, and they will take me to the scripture. I mean, they don't know their Bibles well, but they know that part. And I just say, hey, you got to use your wisdom when you're giving this stuff. You have to know why they want it. You don't. You aren't just obligated to give them something if you know they're going to use it to their detriment. But that is going off a field here. But so for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. So see, you must examine your heart, even though you will inherit this world and all of its stuff. You have to, at this point, not value it that much. You will get it. It's that person that is clinging to the stuff that will have it ripped from their fingers. They can't take it into the hereafter, and they won't have it in the hereafter. And yet you, who give freely, who let it go, that's what Christ did. He let it go for our sakes. And so we must let it go for the sakes of one another. And let's not expect anything in return. A gift given in secret should be kept in secret. You should enjoy that. Enjoy the fact that it has remained a secret. If they don't even suspect that you gave it to them, all the better. You can't just think, oh, how could they not even suspect that I gave it to them? This is horrible. I, I'm going to have to start dropping hints. No, 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 you don't want to do that. Let them believe it was this guy or that guy or that guy. That's perfect. It's fallen into your diabolical plan. So as we come to the table, let's remember that we cannot outgive the giver. And yet he calls us to be generous as he is generous. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it and for the uh, value that it has in our lives. Father, your word is amazing in that it holds up this, uh, this standard of truth and yet in a pr very practical way it gives us value in this world and we live better lives because of it. So we thank you, Father, for your word and we thank you for your spirit that conforms us by the power of your word uh, closer and closer to the image of your Son. And it's in his name that we pray and give you thanks. Amen.